we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello and welcome back to the We Are More season of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm your host, Simone Roche, and this season I'm chatting to our winners, commended and partners of the Northern Power Women Awards, doing what we do best, which is showcasing and spotlighting role models. Northern Power Women are proudly the largest celebration of gender equality in Europe and I created them to highlight the amazing impact that whether you be individual organisations, teams and services are having whilst accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from up here in the North. And you know that at Northern Power Women HQ we are super passionate about continuing to build this community of trailblazers and go-getters and getting people involved and that's a question I get asked all the time. Well, a great place to start is our new improved power platform um, which is at wearepower.net and there you'll find our calendar of events such as our power up networking and all our webinars and all our podcast episodes too so all in one place what's not to love we'll put a link in the show notes too so you can sign up today for free now Without further delay, my guest this week is our commended transformational leader of 2022, the wonderful Sharon Davis and one of our rare repeat guests as Sharon joined the reflection season at the end of 2021. Sharon is the chief exec of the amazing, inspirational and impactful Younger Enterprise, which is a leading employability and financial education charity empowering young people across the UK. Something that is so, so vital right now and always has been but right now I can't I can't even begin to see and and, and appreciate how important this is um, Sharon's professional background is youth work and latterly over the last 12 years in the charity sector um, Sharon's passionate about access to the provision of opportunity for young people having benefited firsthand from opportunities that have made a huge difference to her own life please check back on Sharon's previous podcast to find out more about that story and the quick save you need to check up on that. But the importance of making these opportunities available to all, regardless of starting point, is an area of work that has been of keen personal interest to Sharon for almost 30 years now. The importance of making such opportunities available to all, regardless of their starting point, is an area of work that is so, so passionate and of personal interest to you, Sharon. Welcome to our podcast again. Thank you, Simone. Such an exciting start to my week. <laughs> Do you know, I love it. And I loved it when we had the conversation last year. Um, if you don't know what shoe save or the quick save are, please do reflect back to that episode last year because we had a, a good conversation. And, and I always love the conversations that we have at the start of the podcast before we press the record button. And I always think, I think we're going to have to do that. It's almost like a late night women's hour kind of scenario where we're having some of those offline conversations about what happens behind the scenes. But but you are a transformational leader and you know you have been, you know, you're so passionate. It was to say 30 years, I can't believe 
that. Um, but when you were name commended back in March, what has what's happened to you since then? Has it opened any doors for you? Oh, most definitely, Simone. It's been incredible. I mean, I think certainly the first thing that it did was was really provide recognition of the great work and the value of the work that the team do in service of young people and providing those opportunities and support to help young people kind of to build their futures. And, you know, that that's what we've been, been continuing to do. And I wear my badge with pride all the time. I love it. I love it. And it was just a fantastic opportunity to be recommended by your peers and in front of your peers and women celebrating women. It was just a phenomenal experience. Yeah, I had such a buzz in the room. And I think it's amazing when you bring um, individuals together to celebrate others. There was that literally just that buzz and, and uplift. And, you know, we talk about transformational leader and and leaders, you can be a leader in all aspects of your life. You can be leading at home, leading in your community, um, leading in the workplace, leading in the voluntary sector. Um, um, I think, you know, we did a piece of research with Teesside University about new traits of leadership, um, sort of as we were um, navigating the, the the pandemic and what does a leader, a leader look like? Um, do you think, have you seen change in, in sort of, you know, what does a leader look like? act or sound like over recent years. Most definitely. And I think I think those increasingly complex environments that leaders operate in means that, you know, increasingly you needing to be able to build really good teams. Uh, and that building of really good teams is really important because you can't lead all the time. You can't, you know, when you think about that wild geese uh, flying in formation, often think about that. And they know that 70, they fly 70% uh, longer than, uh, geese flying on their own. And that's because they're changing position all the time. The leader, the person, the, the, the goose, if you like, that's facing that kind of ongoing headwind is changing all the time. And that's what you need within a team. You need great people, great impact players that can move around, that anticipate things that, um, Brené Brown was uh, talking with a guest the other day that looks at life through opportunity goggles. That's what you need. And you need to build those teams that can do that. And a leader, is great. Uh, I think in lots of ways now, leaders uh, shouldn't be seen as the flag bearers. Very often they are standing behind. My own personal preference is around servant leadership. You're serving your your organisation. You're serving alongside your peers and your the, the people that you work with. Um, and I think I think great leaders are able to anticipate the importance of building those good teams. And for me, more than ever now in those complex environments, you, you need to be able to bring real clarity where you can as a leader to what it is that the organization's trying to do. You're right. You know, we have, you know, like we said, we've navigated the last few years. We've obviously had the pandemic. Um, we, we're now having, a, you know, we've got this economic crisis, um, which is, you know, really, you know, just, beyond challenging to kind of all walks of life and and all ages. And, and one of the things that you've been leading at Young Enterprise is to create one million meaningful financial enterprise education opportunities uh, by 2023. Uh, and I think the was the, the goal was about 40,000 volunteers. How are you doing on, are you on track? Yeah, we are. We are. We're, th we're in the third year of, we're in the final year now, actually the, the fourth academic year. So we've created over 880,000 financial enterprise education opportunities. That's with our partners, volunteers, alumni, 
teachers. Um, and we've engaged nearly 22,000 volunteers, alumni and, and teachers in, in mobilizing and providing the support, if you like. And next year we celebrate our 60th anniversary, 60 years of transforming young people's futures. So if you're listening and you're a young enterprise alumni and you're thinking to yourself, I did young enterprise when I was at school, we would love to hear from you because we are celebrating the impact of young enterprise over those 60 years. So yeah, absolutely on, on track, but really looking forward to doing more really. Cause now more than ever, as you said before, Simone, those young people need those opportunities. They need the support to be building their futures. That's what you talked about ahead of this, didn't we? You know, that opportunity maker, we're always passionate about connecting people with people and people with, with opportunities. And, you know, I, I think this would be great if we can, you know, we'll put details in the show notes around um, young enterprise. And I think how amazing would it be to get, you know, sort of get that alumni back into action, isn't it? And, and paying it forward, you know, something really, really, really important about that paying it forward bit. And um, we talk about the economic crisis and financial education is is so, so important. And and, and you and I were in a, a, a together in a room quite rarely, um, probably at the start of the summer, I think uh, it was a, the Alison Rose Review. It was an, an event down in, in London. And uh, I, I remember, is it, I think it was Dame Caroline Dynage and she was former women's equality minister. And, you know, she was talking about entrepreneurship and financial education in schools. And all I could do was I'm looking at the other side of you going, this is this is who you need to speak to. This is this is an organization here, a charity here, 60 years in already doing this, you know, Um so how, you know, you're passionate about this and how can we change the narrative for the next generation um, and, and accelerate, you know, and, and your role in accelerating social mobility? Well, I think the first thing to think about is that young people have been demonstrating that enterprising mindset throughout the pandemic and they continue to do so. Um, but we also know that the pandemic has disproportionately impacted young people and we need to be providing more opportunities. We need to be providing more support. They're the two things that really harness can make a massive difference if we're really, really clear and really uh, purposeful in really wanting to, to, to level the playing field, if you like. And we know that lifelong habits around money uh, are formed pretty much by the age of seven. So, you know, we need to be kind of getting financial education into schools early. Uh, only one in three children in primary school and less than 50% of secondary school age children get access to financial education, but it can make so much difference. If you think about the world is becoming increasingly cashless, but there is the digital divide, which, you know, obviously prevents access to many financial products for many, but we need to be able to make sure that financial education is real and relevant to the changing world that young people are operating in. So that we're looking at, you know, how do we make sure that when we're looking at opportunities around risk and reward, we're really clear to them about cryptocurrency. We're really clear to them how they avoid scams. We're really clear to them about how they can use money to be that enabler, to be that opportunity maker, rather than just focusing on how does it reduce debt and how does it, re how do you reduce uh, financial exploitation? And I think that one of the things that I think is really important is how we change that narrative around financial education. How do we harness it with the likes of entrepreneurship so that we can help young people think about financial education on how it can make help them um, in entrepreneurship and making entrepreneurship very much accessible for any young person 
if you think about it, they could have up to 10 careers. If you're working to the age of 70, why can't one of those careers be an entrepreneur, whether it's a full-time job or, or a side hustle? Absolutely. And I love a side hustle. Um, <laughs> and just, uh, you know, talking a, a couple of podcasts, just flashing back, um, gosh, quite a few years ago, I remember having uh, doing a podcast and we talked about um, with one of our panellists about, oh gosh, I've had a credit card in my my drawer. I had it go to university. It's been in there in my first job. I've always too terrible to use it because of the the scurry stats and the figures on there so you know this is this is this is why it's so important isn't it because we've got to know where we're at and not getting to that get down that rabbit hole of debt um and 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 secondly I think if there was any another endorsement by probably the uh the man of the hour at the moment Stephen Bartlett on his diary of a chief exec podcast recently you know was talking again about that financial education we need to get you on his podcast actually diary of a chief exec you need to get on there but you know he talks passionately again about this is one of the most important things that you could learn as a you know as you're growing up is is about that money so there you go there's your new ambassador <laughs> thank you we but it's right though isn't it if you think about all the decisions that you make every single day the cumulative impact the compound impact of those decisions if you've received financial education if you can use comparison websites compared to someone that doesn't get that access then why wouldn't you want to empower young people with the opportunities to make the best possible use of their money as possible? And, and what else can business leaders do to engage young people? Because it's it's more than just the attracting. We can all offer the you know the free water bottles and the and the, and the you know the, the the various sessions and stuff. But it's actually how do we not just engage and attract that talent, but how do we retain that talent and grow that talent? What what can what traits of leadership can can businesses and business leaders be using? I mean, I would go firstly, I would go back to the the whole kind of making sure those opportunities are available for young people. If you're thinking about young people coming into your business, how do you help them make the most of their money? So how do you, as part of your induction, make financial education part and parcel of that so that they understand, you know, when they're receiving their salary, even if it's just to sign a, you know, uh, put a put a link in, in their induction to the money and pension service, which will provide some information on finances. So really helping them think about their own finances. I think that that gives a really good sense of an employer who cares about their people. I think that's really important now more than ever. I think it's about culture. I think it's about accepting that a young person comes in with uh, a glass half full. They've got stuff to contribute. You know, it isn't all about, you know, a young person coming into a new job as an empty vessel. Believe me, I've seen, you've seen, Simone, you know, the amount of talent we have is incredible. There's opportunities there to feed in. Well, how does, you know, how does generation Z contribute to, you know, the, 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 the working environment? I think currently we have four different generations who are contributing to the workplace. How do we support Gen Z to take a rightful and make a rightful contribution to that? They're a powerful generation, brave, very socially aware, um, able to kind of really, well, digital narrative, uh, natives as well. So, you know, we should be embracing more about what they can offer rather than what they can't do, I think. I couldn't agree more. You know, we do our power up sessions that, you know, you know, one hour, uh, two lots of 20 minute conversations. And, you know, our mentors already, we call it micro mentoring, but the mentors always get as much out of it as, as the mentees. And I think, you know, I constantly, 
um, Anna and, and Lydia now were, you know, back in the office. If you like, we constantly have conversations and I'm, you know, I don't, just because I'm saying it doesn't mean that it's right or it's how we should do things. It's like, you know, I love to know how should we do this? Should we look at this from a different perspective? Would this be of interest to you? What's more important? You know, pizza or sushi, if that's what we're doing. At, 100%. Uh, uh, we're deciding the food. It can be, it can be every, every piece. And I think this is why, you know, when we talk about, you know, the leveling up agenda, you know, the, we, the, the transformational leader category that you are the, you will be the ongoing holder of uh, the commended um, title, but we've, we've switched it to leveling up leader this year to recognize individuals at any stage of their career playing part in the leveling up agenda. Um, you know, what, you know, cause it's really important to have those, those seats and those voices at the table. What would your advice be to those people who think, um, am I leveling up? Have I got a voice to be heard? Or is it just the people at the top? How do we encourage those voices to be heard? I mean, first thing I would say is that I think within this environment, everybody is a leader. Um, you know, whether you're a leader of yourself, your organisation, your team, everybody has got a, an opportunity there to lead. Uh, and I think we're learning from people who's just example of how they are conducting themselves with, you know, humility, you know, with dignity, but also kind of helping other people to get along. I mean, I think that's a massive thing. If you're one of those people and you feel like you've got something to offer, then step forward, step forward, you know, because leaders are looking for those kind of people, you know, with those opportunity goggles, if you like, to help an organization, steer an organization, because it's not one person who will get an organization through this territory. It will be everybody. And it's how does, you know, everybody's got a contribution to make. So if you think you've got that, you know, you know, make, make your, make your, make your voice heard and find those advocates around you who are supportive of you. And if you feel like you perhaps not got the confidence and you want to build that, find those advocates around you who might help you kind of raise your voice a little. Oh, do you know, and I love Young Enterprise. I love everything that you stand for. Um, please do check out the show notes. If you're alumni, um, Sharon and the team want to hear your story because storytelling is so, so, so important. Um, so irrespective of what your journey's been, there's always a story to pass on so please do check out the show notes um, and thank you for tuning in today if you love our episodes let us know by rating reviewing subscribing wherever you get your podcasts this helps us spread our stories of role models who are accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from here in the north reach out on socials at north power women on twitter and northern power women on all our other social media and let us know what you think join us next monday when i'll be joined by another fantastic role model from the npw community my name's simona and you've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast, a What Goes on Media production. Oh.